I'm Pastor Dan, and it's uh, what a privilege to be here today to share with you on Father's Day. And I want to wish all of you a very happy Father's Day. All you fathers, uh, your, your mentors, father figures, uh, if you've played a role in somebody's life, we just want to honor you today and say thank you for what you've done. I myself, I have two wonderful sons, uh, and I have seven grandchildren that are tr really, truly grand. Uh, love being a grandfather. The pressure of being a, a father was kind of turned down, and I feel like with my grandkids, rather than uh, trying to direct every one of their steps, I'm just there to encourage and tell them how smart they are and how athletic they are and how beautiful and what great artists they are. So being a grandfather is really quite a blessing. Uh, but in honor of fathers, I thought today I'd tell a couple dad jokes. And uh, so bear with me a little bit. Why do melons have weddings? Because they cantaloupe. If you see a robbery at an Apple store, does that make you an eyewitness? Okay, I'm going to wait for everybody to settle down laughing. I know you're what do you call security guards working outside Samsung shops? Guardians of the galaxy. Okay, I'll quit with that. But I would like to pray at this time for the fathers, for all of us as we receive uh, teaching from the Lord. Father, I ask your presence with us. We thank you so much for being our father. And Lord, I pray your blessing on all the fathers, all the mentors, all the father figures that are here. What they've invested in their children and, in, and, uh, and other uh, children around them, Lord, we thank you for that. God, bless them, strengthen them, bring your grace to them. And then, Lord, I pray as I teach this message, Lord, that you would give me words to say, give me clarity. And Lord... I pray that you would open hearts to hear what you have to say. Lord, change us into your image, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, not only am I a father of two sons, seven grandkids, but my dad is still living. Uh, in about three weeks, he will be 98 years old. And he is not only living, but actually in very good health. And it's uh, quite a blessing to have him and be able to uh, visit with him still. I don't take that for granted. And in fact, I think today he'll be watching uh, to see if I mess up. But this is my dad. Uh, he was about 93 years old there. We went to Scotland together. When he was 90, we went to Israel together. And when he was 93, we went to Scotland. Uh, Scotland is the, uh, our heritage, our ancestry is Scottish. And so it was a real treat to go there with my father and travel around and visit uh, uh, some of the Edinburgh and just different places around. It was really, really quite a, an experience. Uh, but I, I've always really appreciated my dad. I've always said when kids are young, they think their dad's Superman, and then they grow up and don't think he's anything. 
Uh, but for me, I never grew out of the stage of thinking my dad was Superman. It's just an amazing, uh, amazing father, an example of faith. He taught me the good news of Jesus. And he taught me to follow Jesus. He taught me to keep my focus on Jesus and not men. So I've always appreciated him. This is, uh, as I said, this is Scotland. And uh, so I want to show a little clip. There's a, a movie called Braveheart, which I, one of my favorites. And I, uh, there's a little part in there where he's trying to get the troops all worked up. Uh, well, you watch it with us a moment and see what he says. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Fight against that? No. We will run. And we will live. Die. Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. I'm dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! So did that make you want to get up and go to battle? I don't know, that was, uh, I remember seeing that movie the first time and it was just chilling to see that, that thought. But they, was, they were seeking freedom. Uh, and it's amazing what people will do for freedom. Go to battle, they'll die for freedom. They'll, you know, it's just amazing what we will do to get freedom. And yet to realize that it's never free, there's always been somebody who's had to pay a price for our freedom. In our nation, there have been wars and we've had soldiers and we thank them for their service because it's because of them we have freedom. And in our faith, we have freedom because of Jesus. Jesus paid the price for us. But you know, freedom always has boundaries. We like to think of freedom as doing anything we want. But I remember when I was 16 years old, I got, uh, I was about to get my driver's license and I couldn't wait to get a driver's license. I couldn't wait to be free. to just do any, you know, go anywhere and do what I want. And so the day I turned 16, my dad took me down to uh, the Department of Motor Vehicles and I passed the test and got my license. Uh, but very quickly I learned that when you have a driver's license, you're not free to do anything you want. There's a certain freedom that came with it, but it had boundaries. There were speed limits. There was places I could park. There were places I couldn't park. Uh, there was just a lot of, of ways that it, it, it uh, was structured. It were boundaries in that freedom. But what you begin to realize, and what I've begun to realize as I get older, is that freedom without boundaries is chaos. If everybody made up their own driving rules, which side of the road, how fast, uh, uh, where they park, if everybody made up all their own rules, it would be absolute chaos. 
And when freedom is defined by each individual, if I say freedom is what I think it is, it ends up chaos for somebody else. Now, I believe our most important freedom is our spiritual freedom. I so appreciate uh, our country, our democratic freedoms, our constitutional freedoms, but they're man-made and they're temporary. There's only one eternal freedom that we have, and that comes through Jesus Christ. And that freedom is that we are set free from bondage and the eternal consequences of sin. And sin is just falling short of God's purpose for us. So in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Christ set us free, but we have to keep standing firm in that freedom. We have a responsibility in that freedom. There are boundaries in that freedom. Now, I'm going to share with you my uh, simplified view of standing firm. Maybe oversimplified, but that's kind of how I get by. When I was younger, I loved to debate and get into, uh, you know, dig into all kinds of stuff and figure out every detail. But as I get older, I like things more and more simple. And so this is just kind of my simple, and I hope it helps you with your walk of freedom. The first scripture I want to go to is in the Old Testament. It's in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And uh, Micah is one of the, what they call minor prophets. It's the Old Testament, the first portion of the Bible. The minor prophets don't mean they, what they prophesied was less. It was just the amount they prophesied. The, the, the length of the book was shorter, so they call it the minor prophets. But what he says is, he has told you. Now, they're all complaining. They're asking, what more can we do? What do you want us to do? And he said, he has told you, mortal one or men, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? And there are three things. He says, do justice. And justice is not our sense of justice, what we're feeling like. It is God's justice. It's what he believes is right. And he wants us to act justly and justly towards others. It's not just defined by our sympathies or our politics. It's God's word. It's not just what we hope for or even vote for. But it's what we do. It says, do justice. And I believe that means setting things right in my life with others and where I have influence, I want to set things right for them. Very simply, I want to do justice. And he says to love kindness, to love kindness, a passion for kindness, mercy. Some, some uh, translations say mercy, but it's a passion. It's a, and again, it's not just, it's an action that you're doing. You're passionate about justice and mercy. And when I think of uh, somebody bringing that together, that do justice and love kindness or mercy, I always think of 
John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. And I won't read all the way through it, but it's, a, it's the story of when men brought a woman caught in adultery to Jesus. And uh, they wanted to see how he would judge. And I think uh, sometimes I'm like them. I'm prone to want to see justice done to somebody else. I think I know what justice should look like for them. But when they brought it to Jesus and wanted his answer, what he did is brought up their guilt. And they disappeared. They didn't want justice for themselves. They wanted what they thought was justice for somebody else. So Jesus shows justice and loving kindness there in a way that absolutely transforms those thoughts. And then it says, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, I believe in walking humbly. That is, uh, that is doing justice. That is uh, 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 doing justice and, and loving uh, kindness, that to be humble before God. It's not doing what I want. It's doing, walking humbly before him, doing what he wants. And I believe in a walk. I think what he's talking here is not about a visit once a week with God or, or even just an occasional visit with God, but a daily walk on our journey. We walk with God. And that's what we're free to do. That's what he's set us free to do. That's what God requires to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly before him. Now, this is serious. This is serious stuff. It's about justice in the world and justice in our life and kindness and mercy. So I want to look in the New Testament, and I want to go with a lawyer, a young lawyer or an expert in the law, and I want to check with Jesus what he says. And in Luke chapter 10, verse Verses 25 through 28, it says, And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, It is written in the law. How does it read to you? And he answered, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So Jesus was giving the motivation behind what Micah, what was expressed by Micah. He was giving the heart behind that. It's not just an action, but it's a heart and it comes out of love for God and love for others. So we have the key to all the law and the prophets right here. It opens it up for us. Love God, love your neighbor. But there, we can even make a problem out of that. In verse 29, then the young lawyer says, but wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Isn't that sad? Jesus just expresses this incredible freedom to love God and to love your neighbor. And because of his own guilt and wanting to justify himself, he says, well, who is my neighbor? So Jesus 
goes on to explain the story of the Good Samaritan. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but great story. And the end of it is that the neighbors, those are those that you come across that are in need. It's not necessarily who lives next door to you or in your city. It's those in need. And so there's a place where we have to humble ourselves instead of trying to justify our hatred or our uh, cruelty or our anger at others. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15 says, For you were called to freedom. Brothers and sisters, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, Take care that you are not consumed by one another. I fear that sometimes we allow our freedom in politics or our freedom on uh, the internet and, and our freedom on Facebook and all kinds. We allow that to cloud what we're supposed to do with our Christian freedom. And that is to serve one another. And what he was afraid of here is that they were going to devour one another. And I believe in this season, we have seen some of that where we begin devouring one another. And it's not just unbelievers against believers. and It's sometimes believers against believers. In Romans chapter 8, verses 2 through 4, it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. So the law, just telling somebody to do something, could not accomplish it. Because we're weak, the weakness of our flesh. So God sent his own son in the likeness of our sinful flesh. And he made an offering for us. And he condemned sin in the flesh. So that the requirements of the law, which is total perfection, total righteousness. So that could be fulfilled in us. That was the point of Jesus coming. That was the point of Jesus living. That was the point of Jesus dying. And that was the point of his resurrection, that we might have new life. Now, we need eternal life in Jesus, but we also need life here. We need to live this life on earth in that freedom, in the boundaries that he's given us in love. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations. Hmm. 
knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So there's a work going in on a, in, in our lives, in our hearts. And we have received the Holy Spirit uh, so that we can exhibit the character of God. So it is through the Holy Spirit, the pouring of God's Holy Spirit in us, that we can walk in the Spirit. And the indication here is that the love has not just been poured into our hearts, but it's poured into our through our hearts to others. Now, I've uh, mentioned my mother-in-law before, and uh, we called her Bunny, Bunny Carnes. Um, she's no longer with us. In fact, this, is, this was amazing. This is uh, my wife's mother, and she's with her grandchildren, uh, most of her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And uh, this was at a wedding of one of my nephews, and three days after this photograph was taken, she passed away. But she lived her life to the fullest, and she was an amazing example of doing justice and loving kindness. And there's one story that, you know, I mean, I could, there's many I can think of. Uh, she just took in, you know, ragtag teenagers and the lost and, you know, just just anything. She, she was willing to take them in and, and, and uh, give them a home. But one, one story that was always really amazing to me was, uh, was at Christmas, and uh, her husband was a pastor down in the Los Angeles area, and so uh, she got a, to earn some extra money so that she could spend too much on her kids. She uh, got a job at a diner, part-time job, temporary job, working at a diner downtown Los Angeles. And at one evening, uh, while she was there, a homeless man got beat up, actually, in front of the diners. And, and after the action uh, had settled down, she went out and uh, cared for this homeless man, brought him in, cleaned him up, fed him. Now, that... I, just for me, that's probably would have been about the end of it for me. But she took him home. He became part of their family. Uh, when I started dating Rebecca, he was always around. And at our wedding, this homeless man whom she had brought in off the streets of Los Angeles was at our wedding. So he became part of the family. Now that is a heart of love that uh, is just beyond comprehension almost to me. But that's the love that God poured out through her heart, and he wants to pour out through our hearts. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 through 6, it says, But whoever follows his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says that he remains in him ought himself also walk just as he walked. By this we know that we are in him when we walk just as he walked. What a challenge. What a challenge 
that God lays before us. Are we going to be perfect in it? No. But God offers us the opportunity to love the way he loves. So even if you fall short, continue walking in that. Continue trying to love. Continue allowing God to love through you. When you're about to do something or say something to someone, think about what Jesus would do. What would he do to you? How has Jesus, how has the Father treated you? And begin treating others the same way. That's my prayer for us this day. I pray that we can get on track, get in standing firm in our freedom, standing firm in our freedom, which is to be Christ-like. Let me close in prayer. Father, we so appreciate the gift you've given us in Jesus Christ. We appreciate the life eternal that you brought us from darkness to light. Lord, we appreciate that. But Lord, I pray today you would begin our opening up our hearts to walking in that faith day by day on this earth. Lord, I don't know everyone here and what they're thinking, where they're at in their walk. But Lord, I know every one of us can take another step in being more Christ-like. That's what we ask, Lord, that you would pour your spirit into us, through us, that we would love others that would show our freedom to serve others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Wow, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, just a great day to be with you. I thank you for joining us. And now if you would like to follow with us, you can open up your connection card. It's on the website. Or if you've downloaded the app, it's there. And you can complete the card. Just Tap on this uh, Sunday screen and then the connection card and submit the connection card. And you can also do it via the link on our Facebook chat. On the next steps portion of your card, which is at, towards the bottom of the card, I just really appreciate it if you would uh, check your heart and just how you might want to respond. Some of you may need to respond to accepting Jesus as your personal savior as you're uh, giving you freedom, spiritual freedom. And so if you are, check that. Or you might want to, just more information about it. And just, if you'll check that, we'll get to you and and, uh, chat with you on that. Um, But you've got several choices there. And one of them is uh, about responding to the message. I would just really appreciate if you would consider uh, responding. And I want you to do it prayerfully. Don't just check it but it's the response that I will allow God's love to be expressed through me. I will allow God's love to be expressed through me. And then as you walk through this week, I just ask the question you kind of ask yourself and maybe discuss with others is, am I walking in the same manner as Jesus walked? Am I walking in the same manner as Jesus walked? walked. You can submit your card and the app and, and we'll follow up with you. A couple of announcements I want to make, kind of reiterate to you is uh, 
Pastor Herman will be back next week starting a new series. It's called Dangerous Prayers. So it's next Sunday and you can join us online at nine, online at nine or 11, or you can come in person at 11 in the morning to our Redwood City campus. And Pastor Herman will be teaching live in the sanctuary at our Redwood City location at the 11 o'clock gathering. So be sure and pre-register. It opens up at tomorrow morning, Monday morning. You can register to attend in person.